We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. How you doing, Jack? What went wrong, Nick? Uh, a lot went wrong. You know, Nets took the L tonight, 113-99 to the Blazers at home. First game after the All-Star break. You know, the offense never really got in rhythm, and Portland's bigs just dominate them inside pretty much majority of the game, Nurkic and Ennis Cantor. It feels like the Nets can't escape Cantor. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, I think you got your title for the show there, um, <laughs> if you want to get real, real punny with it. But... Nick, it, it, the offense has obviously been an issue in the past. Um, you know, we had guys like Jared Dudley back. Rodion's Kurtz at DNP. Um, obviously, I haven't seen the game yet, but um, were you surprised at that decision? Yeah, I think rotations were a major talk, you know, during this game in terms of Nets, Twitter, and even media a little bit. Rodion's didn't play. Dudley didn't see minutes the second half. Uh, Rondé was pretty much terrible in the first half, and he lost his minutes in the second half. So I think uh, Kenny right now has a lot to deal with. You know, there's a lot of guys coming back from injury. He's about playing a 10-man rotation. And he said after the game, you know, he didn't find the right lineup tonight, so he took some of the fault. And I think it's going to probably be a struggle over the next games until they find something they really want to run with consistently. Yeah, I mean, 11 guys played a total tonight. Like you mentioned, Jared Dudley only played seven minutes. But if you were Coach Kenny, what would you have done differently? Would Rodion's have seen some time? Yeah, I definitely would have played Rodion's. Unless there's something we don't know, maybe his elbow's a little bit banged up or maybe they want to get him a little bit more rest for the final stretch because we did talk about the slump. But I think Rodion's... Gives you a lot of what Rondé brings. Maybe not as good defensively, but he brings probably a little bit more energy and he's more polished offensively. He just feels more under control, and that sounds crazy to say because he's a rookie. But Rondé just had a couple drives in this game where he tried to go coast to coast and he was just out of control and got blocked by Nurkic. He just doesn't have that same explosive pop. And there's a play where he went for a dunk and he got stuffed by the rim. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're comparing, you know, our other sort of four guys, uh, Trevion Graham, seventeen minutes, Wanda Hollis Jefferson, fifteen minutes, Jared Dudley, seven minutes, and then you know, if you want to chuck in Demario Carroll, over twenty-seven. But uh, it surprises me, and I'll probably be looking at the highlights and watching rewatching the game. The fact that Rodion's, I probably would have been quite frustrated and probably pretty vocal about that fact. Um, but how was your boy Carroll Savert? You know, twenty-one minutes, four of them from the field. He was a starter. Um, how did he look out there? Yeah, he started a little bit cold, you know, in terms of finishing inside, which we saw in the past games. But then that second quarter, he really started to find some rhythm. You know, he just has that ability to hit him with the, the hesitation, the crossover, whatever it is, and get to the rim. He had a couple of plays that reminded you from early in the season. And I felt like his defensive impact was out there, two steals again tonight. So Lavert's finally getting back to form. I think the shot's starting to come together, just a little bit more rhythm. You know, everything's looking positive. You know, I'm not really concerned. I think after a few more games, we'll start to see the guy we saw early in the season. Yeah, I think that Karras' form is going to be a key indicator for how this Nets team goes. And, you know, from what I read before the game, checking on Twitter and such, it's about getting him those minutes. He is a starter, starting caliber player. He is a, a real key part of our team and the success we want, not just this season, but going forward as well. But, Nick, tell me a few other guys. DeAngelo Russell, you mentioned a bit of a cold night for him, 4 or 16 from the field. Uh, minus 30 and plus minus joining Joe Harris as well, obviously. They were probably versing a lot of the starters and were down um, during key stretches when you know Portland went on their runs. But uh, what went wrong for D'Lo? Damn, I did not even notice that minus 30. That's a crazy number. Um, you know, the bench actually played really well, so that's probably why the number looks so bad. I think D'Angelo was a little bit out of sync. Actually, somebody pointed out on Twitter, like a lot of the all-star point guards did not play well after all-star weekend. I don't know what it was, but a couple bad shots mixed in there and then just a couple misses on open shots. And I think that's something you could say for the entire team tonight, other than probably like Alan Crabb. He was the only guy locked in. Joe Harris was solid, but most of his attacks came inside. So I think everybody was just off. You know, there were shots that D'Lo took tonight that he was hitting over the last two months. They just weren't falling down. Does this performance worry you overall going forward or is it more of a blip on the radar? Yeah, I think it's more of a blip on the radar. I usually, you know, we don't really react hugely to one game. You know, they just never really felt in sync in this game. I didn't think the defense was even that bad other than on Cantor and Nurkic. You know, I thought they did a solid job on Dame and CJ and the other guys. It was just more so about them not knocking down shots. You know, they shot under 40% from the field and they shot like 20% from three. So I think if you're going to shoot those numbers, you're not going to win many games. It might work against the yeah, Cavs, um, but it's not going to work against the Blazers. Yeah, and I mean, at the same time, you know, the Blazers themselves shot barely 44%, not even 44% from um, the field and not even 22% from uh, three themselves. And, you know, we had more more free throws, so it just seems we weren't able to make those shots uh, just looking at the numbers purely. But, Nick, based on this performance alone, it, would you have made any changes uh, as a coach or just as, as an overseer? Or was this more on the players just not being able to execute? Or is it a bit of both? Yeah, it's probably a bit of both, you know, I'll take the cop out in this one. I think, you know, like I mentioned, the rotations weren't necessarily great, and I still think they're trying to find some type of chemistry there. And I would try to play, you know, keep one of D'Angelo or Karasovar on the floor at all times. You know, Shabazz wasn't terrible. Like, he did have 10 assists, but he was 2 of 11 from the field. I think they could use, you know, two ball handlers out there at all times. It'll definitely be a nice luxury when Dinwiddie's back. And obviously, you know, Rondé, I think, Moving forward, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get minutes. You know, it'd be you know, Kenny, it's one of Kenny's guys, but he's just been pretty bad over the last month. And I don't like to take shots at players like him, but he, he just can't find his rhythm. He can't find his jumper. He's forcing things. You can tell he's a little bit emotional out there. And a lot of things we talked about last year was able to keep those emotions intact. It's just like he's a little bit just too much out of control.
it's easy from the outside looking in to sort of say that I, I know Nick, obviously, um, you know, the emotional aspect, the sort of history, just the, the player chemistry aspect. Do you honestly believe in, and you put yourself in sort of Kenny's shoes here, your coach Kenny, you know, you know him obviously just from general sort of outset pretty well. What do you think he does? Do you honestly think that Rondo Hollis-Jefferson isn't going to see minutes and get some DNPs going forward? Because for me, uh, I honestly, and I didn't watch this game, and but I have seen Rondo and I know his form this season has been subpar to say the least. And I know Rodion's deserves those minutes. It's like when we were arguing earlier in the season when he deserved those minutes. Um, so it, it does seem a a bit frustrating but he's a rookie and it's, it's hard to sort of you know that sort of rookie for that first year aspect he's a euro guy you know he hasn't earned anything blah 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 all this sort of storyline sort of bs is probably going to play into the fact with the guy like coach kenny if he has to make that hard decision do you think coach kenny has the the balls to do it for lack of a better I term I think, you know, that definitely is tough. You know, playing a rookie, especially a guy who helps you build this culture, you know, big part of last season, benching him will be tough. You know, I think there might be something in between where maybe he plays Dudley over Rondé. You know, okay. maybe that's his cop-out. Because I honestly think Dudley might provide more for this team. You know, a lot of, I know a lot of people hate Dudley and he didn't score any points. But instantly, as soon as you see him out there, he knows what he's doing. He's throwing passes. He's setting screens. He's trying to get the offense in sync. Like, he knows how to play basketball, and he does have a positive impact on the floor. Like, I think too many people overlook. They just look at the box score stats. But when you see him out there, he does a ton of small things. If Rondé did those small things, he'd have a bigger impact on the game, but he he, he doesn't do that. So it would be tough for Rodion to jump in, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think Dudley might be that in-between. Yeah, I mean, if you look at plus minus just based off one performance, despite the fact that he didn't lodge, you know, a stat whatsoever, he was still <laughs> he was still plus eight from the field. Him, Napier, and Ed Davies um, were the only guys to register a positive plus minus. Um, and sorry, and Tamari Carroll at plus five as well. Um, Nick, were there any other things, you know, going forward? What needs to sort of change, you know, in terms of the rotation? Obviously, with the health going forward. Spencer Dimity is going to be back very soon. And, you know, 11 guys can't play. It just doesn't work that way. No guy played more than 29 minutes. And obviously that was D'Angelo Russell, Joe Harris, and Alan Crabb, all with 29 minutes. Um, we know that obviously we've spoken about in the past. There's been plenty of articles written on Nets Republic, including from yours truly about the minutes distribution. Um, that's going to be one thing that Coach Kenny, as he as you've sort of spoken about, is going to be a real sticking point for him. So what sort of needs to change this minutes distribution, this rotation? We've spoken about Rodions. Is there anything else before we sort of finish this one up? Yeah, I thought like the bench got extra minutes tonight because they were playing so well and they made that run to get the game close, you know, early in the fourth quarter where the starters just weren't fully in sync. Maybe it's some of his chemistry. I also thought Trevion Graham just couldn't knock down his open threes and that hurts the offense because then Portland just really didn't have to defend him and he wasn't really doing much out there. So I thought that kind of hurt. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a change there as well. You know, I think maybe when we get close to the playoffs, it would not surprise me if Damari got into the starting lineup just because he's played so well. The chemistry with a lot of the guys looks great out there. Also, Alan Crabb continues to impress. Like, Crabb looks very good. You know, I know we were really concerned about him coming back from injury with confidence, but he just looks so confident. Like, he's been playing all season, and he knows his role with his team. Would you play him in a – what would – what would it take for him to usurp some guys and get into the starting lineup and maybe start with a small ball lineup with Joe Harris and, and, and Alan Crabb out there and Karis LeVert playing a four sort of role if, if Trevion Game, Graham Pleeps playing this way? Or is that just um, way too far in the future? Because if Alan Crabb keeps shooting the way that he is, um, he's shooting as well, if not as good as Joe Harris over the since he has been back. 
Yeah, I think it would be tough to play that small just because Jared Allen hasn't shown the ability to really muscle inside. I know he had 11 rebounds tonight, but it would be asking a lot of him, and none of those guys are great. You know, if you had a starting lineup with D'Angelo Karras or Joe Harris, Allen Crabb, and Jared Allen, you know, none of them are really great rebounders. If you were maybe starting Ed Davis, which I wouldn't advocate for, but that would make more sense because he could kind of gobble up the boards a little bit easier. I think it would kind of put too much pressure on Allen. So I think a starting DeMario would make more sense, but I wouldn't mind Crabb seeing big minutes off the bench, kind of something we talked about earlier in the year. Maybe it doesn't matter as much about who's starting or who's closing or whatever. It matters more so about how many minutes you're getting. Yeah, I mean, Alan Crabb, 29 minutes. Demario Carroll, 27 minutes. Both of those guys got more than Jared Allen, uh, Carol Savert, and Trevion Graves. So um, I, I think for the most part, Coach Kenny does dole out his minutes quite liberally to the players who are playing well. And and that was sort of seen tonight despite uh, the result. But in that sort of sense, Nick, um, his balance, and we sort of, you sort of hinted at it, the balance of experimentation and, and finding the right mix is going to be real key. And we spoke about that on the mailbag episode as well, which is on YouTube and iTunes and everywhere you find us. Um, so definitely give, give that one a listen. But uh, I think that's going to be probably for me, and this is just an outsider looking in, probably the key sticking point for how far this Nets team does go this season. Can we hold on to a sixth seed? Or does a team like an Orlando Magic or a Charlotte or a Miami with a bit of an easier run usurp us in the standings? And you know, we maybe, maybe we even slip out. Obviously, that would be the worst case scenario. But I think it, it, it's hard to sort of press so quickly. And we sort of preached patience earlier. But he's going to catch Kenny's going to need to figure out things and, and pretty quick at the same time because Spencer's coming back as well. And uh, like we said, you know, 12 man lineups and, and 12 man rotations do not exist unless it's an all-star game. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's it's going to be a lot on Kenny. And, you know, it might come down to what are you weighing more? Do you want to find the perfect rotation or do you want to win these games now? You know, if you get into the playoffs and your lineups are all set, your rotations are good to go, you feel more comfortable. That might benefit you in the long run. You know, right now you might stick to the guys you really know and win more games in a regular season, but it might not actually be your best lineup. So obviously that's some of the tough decisions you have as a coach. And that's going to be something we keep an eye on. Hopefully he can kind of figure it out over the next couple of games because we know big stretches are coming up for this team yeah one little last one with that nick obviously it is about the future with this team with the the, the young nucleus that we do have so you've spoken about damari carroll obviously you know climbing his way out we spoke about again on the mailback episode about guys who could be on this team next season and, and in terms of maybe not be on this team next season you know um it, it's gonna be what do you think in terms of the the forward thinking of the organization as well as the the win now mentality because you know damari carroll could get a big off for elsewhere and the minutes we give him could stunt say the development of a guy like Karis LeVert if he's you know suddenly not playing well or you know Trevion Graham who could be you know another cheap guy on on this team going forward that sort of balance um, how do you think coach Kenny can weigh that is it just going to be a trial and error sort of thing yeah, I think it's probably trial and error a little bit, but I also think in terms of development and what the Nets have been preaching, culture has been a major aspect of that. And I think winning is important and making the playoffs is important for these young guys to see the hard work they put in pay off. So maybe you might minus a point for you know the development for the season, but it, maybe you end up in the playoffs or you end up in a deep playoff series. I think that will benefit the team as a whole more so than if, hey, let's play all of our young guys and we miss the playoffs by one game or we get swept in the first round. I think it would benefit the Nets more to get in the first round, have you know a six-game series and lose, and have a real chance to compete and have a feel for what the playoffs is like because we know experience is a very big portion of making a deep playoff run, and the long goal here is to make a deep playoff run. 
Yeah, they always say you've got to lose one to win one. But before forecasting the next few games, Nick, um, what needs to change? Is it just the, the basic things, playing some better defense, being more engaged on that end of the floor and just hitting some shots? Yeah, I think the major key, too, is just hitting some shots. You know, and it's also getting some of those uh, loose balls, those hustle plays, you know, working on the boards as a team. And I think trying to find the chemistry and not to make excuses for them, but some of it just they seem out of sync, maybe not playing together as much as some of the other lineups we've seen this year. But a lot of it's just making shots. I mean, 7 of 36 from 3, and not to say every 3 was an open look, but they missed their fair share of wide open 3s tonight. I will ask one last one. Uh, I, I, I seem to always find an extra question. Um, <laughs> and this is not this is not to say that it is an excuse, but do you think the All Star break and the, the lack of a break um, to to say it, to put it better um, may have affected guys like Joe Harris, Rodion's obviously Rodion's didn't play, uh, D'Angelo, Jared Allen. Did it affect them? Do you think at all? I honestly do believe that. I know a lot of people are like, well, they only played X amount of minutes or games, but they're literally busy like every second they're at All Star weekend. It's like they don't even get a chance to really chill. And even when they're, like, chilling, they're chilling with other guys, you know, maybe partying or just having a good time. Next thing you know, you're not getting much sleep. You've been busy the whole time. You're back on Monday. You're practicing on Wednesday. All of a sudden, you know, you don't have the rest. That could be an example why some of the bench guys played better because they weren't busy this past week. They were probably on vacation just chilling. Yeah, and, I mean, you obviously have to put into account the travel aspect as well, going to Charlotte and back. Um, it, it, it all sort of Charlotte on Saturday. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, these guys will certainly be familiar. Hopefully that's when they start to pick things up. But uh, Nick, any final thoughts before we move on and um, put the, put a little pin in this one? Uh, no, I think we covered everything. I mean, obviously, you know, getting bodied by the centers, like I mentioned a couple of times, sucks. But you're not really going to face many more teams that are going to have a Nurkic and a Cantor. You know, not many teams have two big bruisers down there like those two. So I wouldn't look too much into this game. If they have a bad performance in Charlotte, I'll be a little concerned, but I feel pretty confident moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a, I mentioned to you off wax. Um, if I was a, a Blazers fan, I'd be a little bit annoyed that Zach Collins, who has shown a lot this season and um, ha- has featured quite heavily on OGGBasketball.com as well with some pl- some really nice pieces from some of our guys, um, I'd be a little peeved that he's, his minutes have been taken up by um, Enos Kantia, as Nick and I like to call him. But um, <laughs> Nick, do that spiel because I, I, I honestly can't do it off the top of my head, Matt. You're a magician. I appreciate it, Jack. Always a pleasure talking Nets with you. Thank everybody for listening. Check us out, iTunes, Bob Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.